Hello and welcome to a special episode of Property Roundup here on iProperty Radio with myself, Carol Talon. I'm delighted to be joined by my co-host again, uh, Emmett Creighton. Thank you for joining me again today, Emmett. Client Partnership Director with Staff.ie. And today we're coming to you from the lovely offices of AMOVE in Kildare Town. And joining us to talk about the local property market are Cathy Moran and Tanya Finn, Directors of AMOVE. Um, Cathy and Tanya, thank you so thank much you. for inviting us into your office today, allowing us to disrupt um, and being so patient with us. Thank you so much. Um, so, Cathy, just before, as, as I was driving, um, arriving into Kildare Town, I remarked on the changes in Kildare over the last number of decades. Yeah. Um, talk to us a little bit about what's going on in the Kildare market right now. Well, I suppose the Kildare market has really changed. I, mean, I suppose even buyers that have come into the town have changed. The profile of buyers have changed in the last number of years. I suppose when we opened the office in 2018, I, I suppose Tanya and I are both from Kildare Town. We, we naively thought that people who'd buy in Kildare would be emotionally attached to the area like we are. But like we're so, we were so wrong. We were so wrong. But that wasn't necessarily a bad thing. It's just who was buying in Kildare were people like, they could be looking in Neath this morning and then Kildare in the afternoon. So it was, it's almost like when we meet people in houses, they're often going to say three other locations in one day. So it's like we're trying to nab as many buyers into our locality. And I suppose being from Kildare, uh, we're quite passionate about this area. So to a degree, it's it's easier sell a location that you've chosen for yourself rather than, yeah. than, than, than... So that, to a degree, has so always been quite more, easy. They're more basing it on their lifestyle, where they see themselves yeah. in a few yeah. years, and not yeah. necessarily where they grew up and were rare no, no. in other places. No. And what facilities are available in right. the area as well. Yeah. And where are these people working and commuting to? Uh, like, like all over, like I've mm. sold houses, we've sold houses to people in who are working in Limerick, we've sold houses who people are working in Carlow. I mean, predominantly people would be working in the Dublin region, but equally there's a lot of people that are basing themselves here that are going south of Kildare. Um, and even since COVID, there has been, like we've, we've spread, we've started to sell houses for slightly further south than we would have initially thought, um, just in terms of people's desirability to find the right house with the right schools mm -hmm. and within a certain catchment of where they're working. You're really at an advantage here aren't yeah. you like in Kildare yeah. and, and South Kildare because mm -hmm. you are commutable to Dublin. Yeah. Like I've yeah. driven down from this morning 45 minutes no yeah. problem and then down to Carlow, Port Leash. Yeah. Like yeah. The with the option of the motorway, the train and the buses. It's, I, when it's, I was it's an interesting yeah. dynamic isn't it because Absolutely. in a way it's almost like another layer of work for state agents to do because actually this isn't something I would have considered so much. Growing up in yeah. Grange Con, you know, yeah. you, you can see the infrastructure across Kildare has just improved massively. Massively. And I suppose I would have always seen that as an opportunity, not so much of a threat, but actually the way you're describing it, that's yeah. a real threat that actually as infrastructure improves anywhere, suddenly places need to compete, not yeah. just yeah. properties. Yeah. yeah. As an agent how do you deal with that? I mean, what does Kildare Town and the surrounds have that maybe other commutable towns don't have? Um, well, I think kind of you're you're kind of within you're within. I mean, we've beautiful countryside. I mean, I love the Cara. All my kids have learned to ride their bikes on the Cara. I run. We both run. Mm. It's it's just so important to have that green space on our doorstep. But also, like, I walk my kids to school. You know, Tanya and I partly set up this business. We met. It was just. Like we were saying, we met through the crash, yep. um, and you know we met a lot of friends 
through the crash. Did you both have a background yeah. in property? Yeah, no. why did you start? Yeah, I like, did. What, what was the conversation like on the crash? <laughs> well, was it was Costa? It, it, it was over today. a coffee in Costa that we had this conversation. In the daytime, hopping over a coffee in Costa. Yeah, no, what, my background is accountancy. Background? I'm okay. a chartered accountant yeah. and I switched career, went back to college and um, got a master's in real estate. And so I did that once we started the business. I went back to college mm. to learn about this yeah. business. Yeah. And was it to be local? To be Work local here, and also this is a really social business. Yeah. So you're out and about, not tied at the desk all the time. Mm-hmm. It, every day is different. You know, when you come in the door, you have a plan for the day, but... It could vary in many ways throughout the day mm. and throughout and, the week. And you said you started in 2018, mm. so just before the whole world closed down. So mm. you were just getting on your feet. Tell us a little bit about that. If we're talking about the business of a state agent, you guys yeah. hit the ground running, full of optimism, yeah. and then kaboom. Well, I suppose we kind of, I'd be quite calm. Well, we're both quite yeah. calm. It's like, and we both, I suppose we both worked in, I've worked in property consistently, but we both kind of felt, you know, if this doesn't work, we can always go back to, you know, we're, we're old enough and wise enough at this point to go, you know, this is not the end of the world, mm-hmm. you know, but we kind of said we take it year by year and to a degree when COVID happened, um, we were still doing business, like we were still selling houses virtually um, that was challenging, all of that cleaning was challenging, but at the end of the day we were still able to bring an income home every month and um, there was four of us at the time and we all kept our jobs and we were just very practical about the position we were in. And we just had to adapt when there was yeah. viewings on. You could only bring one party through at a time, maximum two people, rather than letting a lot of people come through all at the same time. So you just had to adapt at that time. I like to think for, we're, we're a couple of years post-COVID now mm. and the optimism is returning. Mm. While there are challenges in the industry, I'd like to know where you guys see the next three years in the business of a state agency, in particular in Kildare well, I, I, it's inter- I suppose having worked through the last um, recession, and um, which was challenging, and a lot of colleagues were let go at the time, um, you know, I think we're kind of a little bit more measured, and I see buyers are a lot more measured than they would have been, say, 10, 15 years ago. At the same time, too, um, you know, I think that... Um, I think... When you say buyers are measured, t- yeah. tell me a little yeah, bit about that. Yeah, I was curious about that yeah. too. Cause I yeah. think because if buyers are measured and it's your job to sell, yeah. how do you navigate that? You get somebody that's really reserved and they're asking a lot of difficult questions. Like, I, I think part of it, like, what's attractive about Kildare for a lot of people is it's like if you have been looking, and we meet a lot of very fluid buyers who are looking, say, in lots of different regions. Yeah, like you said, Mead. And yeah. Yeah. yeah, but also it's like we meet a lot of buyers who are maybe looking in the Dublin region as well, and it's like, do I buy an apartment in Dublin or mm. do I buy it? a three-bed or four-bed semi in Kildare Town. So it's like, or even something out the countryside. I mean, we're lucky we have good schools in the locality and we have a lot of country schools, so if somebody doesn't want a school within a town, there's a lot of small, good uh, country schools Mm. or village schools. And these things are becoming more and more important? Yeah, I think COVID, I actually think now we would definitely feel COVID had been a good thing for our region. And I wonder, um, has the demographic of the buyer changed? Like, it's becoming more difficult to buy a house because, yeah. you know, they're getting more expensive. Yeah. People are getting squeezed from every angle mm-hmm. with inflation. They're older, like you said, older and wiser like you guys when you started your business. Are they starting to think, what's more important now? 
But because they can work from home, it allows them to maybe live in the country where they wouldn't have considered that before Mm. because they're only commuting maybe one to two days a week, Mm. if at all. Um, So they they are willing to live a little further out than they would have before. Which is great news for you guys in a place like Kildare. Like, to full disclosure, I was born and raised in Kildare. Yeah. You know, I'm a Kildare man through and through. Yeah, we know that. They all went down as Wicklow, man. No, no, no. no. So you ended up in Wicklow? I ended up in Wicklow. Yeah. I followed my wife. Can't blame Um, the man. Yeah. But as you said, like, we bought our house this year and we were thinking about what is our lifestyle? Yes. I walk the dogs when I'm small, yeah. small baby, yeah. and that's where I spend most of my time. Yeah. Yes. So I wanted somewhere I could bring the dogs, everything yeah. else. Yeah. But Kildare to me, and coming down here today was a real like homecoming moment. My yeah. father said to me, "I said, why do we live in Kildare? He's from Roscommon." Yes. And he says, "You need to be where the action is, but you mm. need to be further away that you can actually live your life." Yeah. yeah. And he did a lot of business in Dublin, mm. and I felt that coming down today. Like Kildare Town to me when I was growing up was miles away, mm. and I flew down today and I was away. Yeah. yeah. Where where are you from in Kildare? Selbridge. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you're so kind north of North Kildare. Kildare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very much now when we play GEA North and South. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I spent a lot of time down here and a lot of time <laughs> on the ground. much, <laughs> but like coming down now with Kildare Village and everything else, it's become like way closer than mm. I ever imagined. Mm. You know. Mm. Talk about the, the new property market down here. Mm. What are the plans? What have you seen in your own industry? Are you selling new homes? Is there plans for new homes? Where do you see that industry? We, we, um, like, we see what's interesting about the new homes market is, well, first of all, it's mainly there's very few investors. It's all homeowners um, and people from all over. Mm. A lot of international buyers mm. um, who are resident in Ireland now and a lot of buyers who maybe wouldn't have necessarily bought um, but may have continued to rent have been pushed into the, um, either the new homes market or the second-hand market. But we're seeing a lot of people that maybe traditionally would have continued to rent buying. Um, that would fall into what you're saying about not necessarily tied to an area, emotionally attached to an area. If mm. you have an international, say, non-Irish buyer, mm. like they don't have a connection to Meath. And when they see Kildare and its commutable distance and they're mm. good schools and the mm. countryside and they can be close to work south or north, then Kildare makes a lot of sense when you think yeah. about yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, and with the village, and there's so many nice places in Kildare now. It's hugely changed over the last number of years. So, lots of restaurants, and like that, you can walk down to Kildare Village. You've got Japanese gardens, National Stud, and you are on the edge of the Kildare Curra. Town is particularly rich in amenities. I mean, the yeah. National Stud. You've got mm. the Curra. You know, I, I was remarking um, previously that even travelling for twenty minutes to thereabouts in Silk and Thomas for decades yes. has been the place to go for birthday dinners, family yeah. celebrations, graduation dinners, engagement dinners, so many, so you know, even driving into the town today, uh, you know, this the nostalgia yeah. Yeah. of every, so many of our family celebrations would have happened there, but the town itself and the approach in was almost unrecognisable, you know, you've got new, new developments stretching, meeting fields, yeah. that, are, uh, that those fields are still grazed by cattle, so it feels like wherever Kildare town is heading towards it's not there yet yes. you know how would you describe maybe the development that has happened over the past decade in Kildare well it, it's it's been a long time coming like I was saying earlier it's just we didn't develop we really mm. didn't develop during the, the the last boom because our sewerage was at capacity so the town is to a degree catching up with that um so the lands that would have been earmarked at that time are now being developed mm-hmm. So, um, and I suppose McGee Barracks is being developed, that started there, there earlier this year, um, Grey Abbey, Walker's Gate, uh, Black Miller Hill, 
There is so many, all the main arteries. Towards Monastreven. Yeah. And this is, this is on the back of the infrastructure improvements you've had with yeah. waste. I've heard something like this on the road, whereas mm. Port Leash got a real boom because Kildare didn't get its act yeah. together in terms of infrastructure. Mm. So they got all the new properties. Yeah. And now it's coming back. It's coming, coming back. back. But that's, yeah. when you look at it now, that necessarily wasn't a bad thing mm. for the town. So, um, and so for the area, because we're still on, I mean, we're on a wonderful um, commuter rail line. So like we've really good uh, rail service. I would have commuted in and out to Dublin. Tanya commuted in and out to Dublin. We both did that journey for a very long time. Our husbands both commuted to Dublin and now both of theirs, both of our, both of our husbands don't need to uh, to uh, travel to work anymore because they're both working Super. remotely. So. And you get to live here. So yeah. let's move on a little bit about yeah. your own business. Okay, what's the split in terms of sales, lettings? Do you do the whole kit and caboodle here? Or where, where are you drivers? Where are the, the real revenue drivers for you guys? Well, Kathy would, Kathy would mainly look after sales and valuation side. I would mainly look after the lettings. Both equally, we're both able to dip yeah. in and out of both areas if needs be. And is that what you set out to do when no. you sat down in not really in no Costa <laughs> on, a, on a cold morning after the crash and said let's start this business together? No, I think we both like people. So yeah. I think that's the like yeah. we both enjoy people. So yeah. to a degree, we were kind of looking at we looked at different options. We looked at stuff that wasn't even property related and. Oh, um, like what? Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious. <laughs> kind of, we were just kind of. We did consider um, like a play centre because I suppose we had kids. Looking back now, that was never going to be viable for us. It was just insurance and making it not viable for anyone. Yeah, and that definitely would have closed us in COVID. (laughs) Are are you guys entrepreneurial? Like, have you always been entrepreneurial? Like, where did this spark come from? Like, Um, well, my family have always worked for themselves. So, to a degree, that was kind of something that my sister has her own business. Yeah, and my mum would have run a shop for herself right, okay. for yeah, years as well. Yeah. yeah, you always yeah. find that with entrepreneurs. They yeah. always have a family member yeah. who's mm. kind of driven them on. Mm. So you take care of the lettings yeah. and the sales. Yeah. And how is that going? What What is the split here? Well, I would mainly look after all of the lettings that is come through at the moment. in terms of like the amount of sales and the amount of lettings you have? Or is the business more... Are you more of a sales business or more We're of a more of a sales business. More of a sales but, 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 but lettings is still crucial to our mm. business. Mm. And it's very much... A lot of our vendors would have maybe, um, would sometimes become, uh, sorry, or a lot of our tenants become become buyers, our, our, some of our landlords become vendors. So there's a cycle that it's important to be offering all, all of that of service. Yeah. And even people that we've, I valued properties for will end up becoming vendors. So it's, it's kind of, you do not just one thing for some for yeah. clients, you do a number of different That's, things. It, it's amazing though, that yeah. really hammers home the importance of relationships and that longevity. And it's kind of been a recurring theme mm. as we've spoken to agents over the mm. last number of months that actually you can really see, and sometimes you need the benefit of time as well in the business to see a tenant who's come in and rented from you for a couple yeah. of years, be ready to become a buyer. And it could take a couple of years, you know, maybe 10, 15 years before you see them in time yeah. become sellers. Yeah. But what's the rental market in Kildare Town like? Because only very recently, mm. I know, um, through the latest staff report that uh, Ron Lyons has been very adamant that a, a rental storm is brewing for the mm. regions more so than Dublin. Um, what's the stock level like? The stock is very low. Um, and new properties that are coming to the market are very expensive, whereas if they're already rented, they're in the rent pressure zone, so that's keeping them low. So we have to be very careful when we're renting out to a tenant that they can afford the property. So we'll have lots of interest in a property, but they have to be able to afford it even after the rent is paid to, to be able to live their life 
or they just won't be able to afford to keep the house in good order. And how do you assess that? You look at their income overall, who, who's going to be renting in the house, who's going to be earning and basically look at the rent level and the level of income that's coming into the property. And are you using any technology to do that? Because I know for some, play, for, for some agents I've spoken to, just the sheer volume of demand can be problematic, especially when you want to retain a good service and even the tenants for whom you can't find yeah. um, a suitable rental, you still want to be able to to serve them as best you can with the limitations you have and knowing that they may mm. return to you as buyers and vendors in, in the following years and decades. Yeah. Well, if we have a good ven if we go have a good renter available to rent a property and they just can't afford the one that we're about to rent out, then we will keep them in mind for the next one because you've done all the work for mm. them, you've done the vetting, but maybe they just can't afford it. And it's not that you don't want to give them that house. You yeah. don't want to see them stuck and not being able to pay their electricity bill or their gas bill. If their car breaks down, can they afford that mm. on top of all of the rent? Doing the, the due diligence that any bank would do, yeah. Yeah. getting mortgage, yeah. if you're doing yeah. it you know, yourselves on everybody, yeah. stress testing them to see yeah. where they sit. Yeah. So if we think about towards the end of the year now, we're in December, like, what are you doing for next year? Like, I, I like to think about this when I visit agents. Mm. Okay, so building your pipeline for the following year mm. is a really difficult task in estate agents and businesses. Mm. So what are you guys doing? What do you do in terms of branding, business development, meeting people? How does that work and how have you done it over the past couple of years? So I suppose anything that I'm valuing now or have been valuing, say, from, say, kind of November, early November onwards, I'd be saying to clients, we already would have a, a, a pipeline started for next year. Hmm. So already we know roughly what's coming on the market. How are you getting general. those valuations? Are they coming in or? Generally, it's like, we have found it really interesting. For us, it's it's all referrals. Like mm. we, like it is coming on the back of people seeing our profile online. You asking about the question about our office, like it's not, you don't get as many people through the door as traditionally you would have done, say 10, 15, 20 years ago. But at the same time too, it's crucial to our business to have a, a profile of an office. And yeah. a lot of people like our branding. Um, so that's kind of served us well since we opened. Um, yeah. Getting Google reviews and making sure that we keep those constantly up to date as well really yeah. helps. Yeah, really helps. So, so a lot of referrals from people who've done work with us or have seen. Your branding is very important and we're seeing that. Yeah. We're seeing that throughout the industry, mm. how important branding is. And how much attention do you give it throughout the year? Do you think about it do you, or do you just brand and forget? Like. Is it, I see your Christmas tree here, it's, it's branded. Like, <laughs> it's all using your colours. Yeah. You know, and there's been a study done on, the, on that type of blue. It's really yeah. appealing. That's why Facebook and all these companies started with that, you know. It's a I, I, and Tiffany's, correct, the Tiffany. So there you yeah. go. If you would like a Tiffany blue, there's a nice bit of subliminal messaging there yeah, as well this yeah. time of year. It's the same colour as Centra. That's the video there. That's the same. Oh, there you the go. You know, I'm really warm. <laughs> you know? um, so branding is important to you guys? In terms of winning those instructions, yeah. if people aren't going by the door, they're just finding you online. Yeah, we, we, we chose not to put our names on the business um, because we thought we want to be that it's not just about us as individuals. It's about like there's four of us in this office. So it's very important that it's just not Tanya's name or my name. It's. And, and we looked at that. Yeah. So that was That's a, actually, talk us through a little bit around that because like, I, I'm always interested when new agencies set up. We saw a lot of it post-crash um, independent agents. Mm. So was there a decision uh, about if we're going to do this, do we need to join a known franchise? Was that something that was ever considered? 
before considered, us. but we wanted to do it ourselves. Mm. Okay, yeah. Yeah. and still the decision not to use your name because actually that's quite a brave decision as well because we know that actually it's much more difficult for people to connect with the brand that doesn't have a name attached. So mm. yeah. if you're doing that, you almost have to go, you have to lean in more to the branding and make sure that there are identifiable names and faces to that. Was that a challenge? Um, I suppose it was, but it was very much the decision we felt that was important to us. We didn't want to be Finn Moran or Moran Finn or yeah. whatever. We just wanted to we wanted to make it that it, it eventually could grow with... Now, there's four of us in here, and um, Mia and Adele that aren't sitting in. It, it's just as important that they're part of that. So it wasn't... It's, yeah. it's really interesting to think of your succession planning and your growth. Do you think about that on a on a business level? Do you think, all right, this year we need to put X amount into branding, business development, sponsorship? Like, where does the conversation go around this time? It would year? like you're, we're already looking at redoing the website maybe yeah. next year. Yeah. So yeah, it's constant changeover, making sure that you're up to date and it's it's new and fresh. It's we're seeing it quite a lot inside. Yeah. We're seeing what's the return on investment, and as as the decline in the newspaper printed, yeah, you know historical advertising declines we're now having to produce more and more statistics around what are people spending on mm. how many eyeballs are on that yeah how much traffic does it drive and we're seeing with agencies that particularly that have branding like your own that it's kind of it's modern yeah, yeah. you know and also maybe do you need it to be more interactive yeah. than it was before that it's not just a website that you go and have a look and then ring in yeah. or email in Let, let's talk about the technology side of it because you know Cathy um, mentioned earlier that you don't have as many people walking in and yet you have a beautiful office great uh, frontage onto what is essentially the main street through mm. Kildare Town so that's something that 20 years ago would have given you a natural advantage. Um, talk to me a little bit about the technology stack that's powering yeah. the traffic coming online that people don't, even people nearby, don't feel the need to visit your office. Yeah, but still, they, they would still know, a lot of people know that we have a, an, a stand. And so we had, even when we were looking at setting up this business, we, we, were, we had the option of taking the, the first floor rather than the ground floor in this building. And... We thought about that and we debated that and and then we were like, because it was more expensive to take this floor. Um, anyway, we made the call to take this floor um, and it was the right call mm. because there is, I mean, okay, there's a large percentage of our buyers that are and our clients that are, say, maybe not even going to ever come to our physical office, but there's still a proportion that, you know, need to have the comfort in knowing that there's an office there. So, I mean, I suppose very few people that we, other than say we would get a lot of tenants through the door, yeah. but we might meet our, our buyers in this building till they collect the keys. Yeah. Where, where are they finding you? Like, if they're not Online. Um, when you also, say online, how? On Daft. On Daft. On Daft. On Daft. Yeah, you were pushing too hard. Well, let's, let's be I know, I know you're on Daft and I know your stats and I know yeah. your views. You've had over 6 million impressions in the last 12 months. I'm not sure if you guys know that. I was about to say, yeah. are you I said, we actually, actually, Emma, we need to have a site conversation <laughs> about, okay. Yeah. So an impression is somebody that sees your site and they scroll mm. around it. So you have had yeah. 6 million. You've had the population of Ireland to look at your branding. <laughs> oh my God. But, so I know, I know they're finding you on Daft and predominantly people, that's where they find their agencies yeah. on Daft. But how else? And that's what I'm actually asking. Um, I suppose a lot of, we find a lot of people would, would contact us from, you know, having done business with us or knowing somebody who's done business yeah, with okay. us. So there's a lot of referrals based or even 
people have looked at our Google reviews, which are, we have one bad review in yeah. all of the reviews. It's, um, it's jarring, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Why? How? Yeah. You know. It's a feedback loop. Mm. And it'll make you Construct, improve. Constructive yeah. criticism, yeah. all of that stuff. And yeah. reputation is really, really important. Then. Yeah. And, and with the demographic of buyers changing and people doing business with you, you always have to maintain that high standard. Yeah. yeah. It, yeah. it kind of keeps you honest, doesn't it, in yeah. every Just business? keeping yeah. in commu- communication with people, good customer service. I mean, that's what we try and do throughout all of this business is just keep in contact with people and... They appreciate that. Yeah. Um, Tanya, I'm really curious about the move you made because a lot of the work that I do um, is about making the entire built environment, so whether it's planning, construction, real estate, attractive to the next generation of talent coming in. And we're always looking at who's coming in. So are they coming in? Uh, are they choosing to study it um, at an early stage? Are they coming in at entry level? Are they coming in at mid-career? Are they coming in at senior career level? Mm. What made you comfortable enough to, to make that career shift because that's a big career shift. Yeah, I just, I, when I was doing the accountancy, I had moved, um, I had worked for Irish Distillers for years and I had made a move. I then went in on a temporary contract to AES and Board Mona, worked there for a while. In the meantime, we were in the background having a chat about setting up. Cathy suggested the property and I said, oh, I'll give it a go, <laughs> yeah. do the jump. Um, so I suppose having the confidence that Cathy had done it for years and that she was going to be the main front initially to both teach me and guide me throughout um, made me confident then to to go. But talk and then, about what, you, what skills you brought in. And, and the reason I'm really curious about this is that having been self-employed for more than two decades, one of the things I always think is that I would never be self-employed alone again. I would only yeah. ever do it through a partnership yeah. because yeah. I've had really high success and and really good luck is the best thing I can say because when you're choosing a partner for business a huge amount of luck comes in you know because you just don't know how people are going to develop and grow yeah one of the things I always think about is the three-legged stool approach you need somebody with a lot of domain knowledge you need somebody with really good um able to to pass out uh, into the world so whether you call it communications or outreach but you need a really strong financial and commercial leg and that's the one I see missing from early stage businesses the most often yeah so talk to me about kind of the skill set that a chartered accountant brings into any business and um, well i suppose looking at the finances and just controlling the finances and um, making sure it's fully documented so i would do all of the accounts here mm. for the business um, and making sure it's profitable if we're charging a fee making sure it's going to be the, the bottom line is going to be profitable and not um you can see how the dichotomy of why you're lettings and your sales. Yeah. Yeah. You know, salespeople are all about just get the business in, <laughs> let somebody else crunch the numbers. Whereas lettings, it's a lot more administrative. Yeah, there would yeah. be a lot of, yeah, and yeah. every month end doing all the rents, collections, making sure everybody is paid from all works done throughout all of the properties in the month. So, yeah, there's a lot of number crunching at the end of the month for the letting side of it. T- tell me a little bit about your story. You've been in property for. Uh, t- uh, 26 years right okay yeah so, so t- where did it start a Thai yeah. yeah so my first job was in a Thai and um I was there for a while and then I went to Lisney's in Dublin and then I was there I was there for a number of years and then I went to England for two years my husband's from the UK and then I came back to Ireland anyway and I went back to Lisney's and then um in Lisney's for till 2013 and then I took a career break with my young family and then 
it was at that point after I decided I needed <laughs> after our Costa coffee cup <laughs> chat uh, oh, I wanted to go back to work and it was like making the call I have a young family of three children do I go back to, to the Dublin market where I could easily get a job or do we do something just like it, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah and I just wanted to change yeah. she wanted to change and with yeah. your experience and your own mm-hmm. expertise it was a pretty solid bet when you look back it was, I mean, but it you was, understand the industry, you've been in this industry, yeah. solid grounding, mm. and then you had a chartered yeah. uh, chemistry background. I mean, But equally then it was like, would we get on together? Yeah. How would we work together? How long did because you know that's, each other before you started? We, we kind of knew each other, but we didn't know each other that well. Right. But then no. we got to know each other through the kids, and I don't know, we kind of felt, our, we weren't close friends, so mm. I think that was a good thing yeah in that we were we were friends but we weren't close friends you could keep it business yeah you could keep yeah. it professional yeah. yeah and and how do you deal with and this is a little off kilter but how do you deal with like complications or problems or disputes within the office between the two of you guys when you have to make a really tough decision we rarely have any disputes <laughs> really kind of get on yeah no. i don't know what we we'll do we'll trash about. it out and yeah. we talk yeah yeah, I, I think that's one of the strengths of having very different skill sets. Yes, because I know we see in in other dynamics yeah. that people tend, even where it's a fifty fifty business and fifty fifty decision making, even like in parenting, you you lean on the on the person who has the most yeah. expertise yeah. for that particular yeah. issue, yeah. and that yeah. person tends to get the loudest voice. There's a lot of trust yeah. on that issue. Yeah. yeah, a lot of trust. In yeah, that. but there is we like you say there's not the crossover like yeah. Tanya yeah. does. She does. I I like. I'm lost without her because in terms of like I couldn't do what she does at all at all I don't have the patience <laughs> and like you know so that's the thing she will she will quite easily tell me to stop being an idiot you know or yeah. whatever so yeah. we're, we're able to pull each other okay, up so we're we're nearing the end of the year you guys are in business quite a few years now and as the years have changed a lot of businesses I meet set out their stall for the new year. We talked about pipeline building. We talked about building on your reputation and how that's grown over the couple of years. What does the new year hold for you? What are you setting out? I mean, I, I've spoken to you briefly about this when we sat down mm. before we started. And you don't set in stone like unrealistic targets, but you must think of 2024 and what you want to achieve yeah. and where it goes. And where are you guys going in 2024 and what, what, how does it move? What does it look like at the end of 2024? Well, we, we, we've kind of, every year we've kind of wanted to build better than we've done the year before. Like next year we're going we're gonna to redo our website. Um, we want to do um, more. We've, we've already done online bidding with yourselves. We want to look more at that and doing a little bit more of that. Um, so that's kind of what we see exploring. We want to do a lot more on social um, so those kind of things are things that are on our agenda for, for 2024. Um, we fortunately still see market growth in this area, in terms of in the Kildare area. And, and we, just, we just want to reach out to a wider number of, of clients. Um, we've been, to a degree this year, we've been, we've been kind of concentrating on just building, doing things really well. Um, and we haven't really been doing as much advertising as we could there's things we've kind of prioritised. Um, so next year, yeah, that's kind of our more goals. brand building. More brand building. Yeah, more brand. Yeah, building, more brand, building, more brand and, yeah, yeah, on, yeah. On building that brand out, so yeah. the pipeline gets filled up. Now you mentioned yeah. that you're both from the area. You know a lot of people in the area, but also your experience is predominantly Dublin-based, and you were with AES, so all your network is there, mm. and you've built that over the couple of years. Is it getting easier then to to network locally? 
to people know you now over the years? Yeah, you've they become would an know established us, yeah. part yeah. of the community here. Yeah, yeah. Would that be right. Now? Yeah, people come to us. They think they're here. We're here longer than we are, and that's a lovely yeah. compliment. Yeah. yeah, that's a lovely compliment. And, and yeah. we're starting to see repeat business. So I suppose that's well, we've, we've started to see that in the last couple of years. People that we met. At the you beginning. Know, at the very beginning yeah. of our journey and now they're now coming back to us for other things and that's kind of lovely. Are you seeing people who've sold houses too? Yeah. Sell their houses now again? Yeah. Yes. We, right. Yeah. Trading up, trading down. We would yeah. we would think it's if somebody goes to somebody else and we haven't seen that yet. Yeah. So we've anybody we've sold to we would like to see come back to us. If they're selling. Yeah. 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 And if, if yeah. we do we're on we're on one bank of our, we're on one valuation panel. Um, and we see a lot of those people coming back to us as well. So that's kind of nice. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, I wish you the best of luck for 2024. Thank you so much. Yeah. And it was so great to meet you both. And I suppose I want to give a final glimmer of hope to people who might be hoping to buy, sell or rent in Kildare Town. Um, can, you, can you give any kind of glimmer of hope in terms of pipeline supply or any advice to anybody who might be thinking of buying, selling or renting in Kildare or the surroundings in 2024? Yeah, I, like, I say this to people every year. People panic in December and early January going, oh my God, Cathy, if there's no stock, you know, if, 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 I, if, I, if I give you my house to sell, will I be able to get something? Absolutely. You just, um, dialogue is, you know, I, I had a sale close there the other week that, Anyway, it was a very tricky one for the for, for the vendors and the buyers, but we it ended up now this is unusual, but it ended up going on for over fourteen months. Um in that our vendors lost out on two houses, but we kept the buyer there the whole time from dialogue and just you know, it can happen if something if you can keep a buyer, you know, focused on buying this house for fourteen months, then you know, with despite all the hurdles that happened, you know, it's yeah, I, that, now that's, that's not that's a years of anyone selling a house. That's if not, you never managed to keep buyers like that, why wouldn't they sell a house? Yeah, like it's yeah. but it's not even it's it's just like Tanya and say we enjoy people. It's just communicating. It's just yeah, and staying in touch. Final word today, Tanya. Have you anybody who maybe any words of advice for anybody at any stage of their career considering a move into real estate? I would say absolutely do it. I think it's such a social business and I love coming in every day and you're talking to so many different people and you get to help so many people in many different ways when you're meeting people for who are buying a house, who are selling a house, who are looking to rent, who are looking to rent out their property. It's just such a varied um, day and I, I, I would definitely recommend the move. Choose the right business partner. Yes, choose the right business partner. <laughs> Cathy is amazing. Tanya. <laughs> I think that's a good advice for anybody on any business. Yeah, it's watch. so important that you get on together yeah. and work well together. I mean, if we didn't get on well together, this wouldn't work. Yeah. Amazing, amazing. Listen, thank you so much again for letting us into your lovely offices. Absolutely love your branding. So I look forward to see what comes with the new website. Uh, the one you have is very impressive. So I can't wait to see what comes next <laughs> and continued success yeah. uh, to, to all the team. And that's all we've time for today. Thank you so much to Cathy Morn and Tanya Finn. And thank the you. With AMOVE, or the team at AMOVE for allowing us into their offices and to disrupt their day to day. Special word of thanks again to Emmett Creighton, Client Partnership Director with DAF.ie, Ireland's most visited property website, for joining me in Kildare and really, you know, having a full discussion about the business of a state agency, which continues to evolve and it's just so exciting. Finally, my thanks to producer Katie Talon and to the production team at Hear Me Roar Media. We'll catch you on the next episode of Property Roundup here on iProperty Radio.